Blog Talk Radio. everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a, a great show, an interesting show for you tonight, and I'll explain in a moment uh, uh, here on the uh, blogtalkradio.com network. Of course, we're going to be starting off with uh, Coach's Corner here first off uh, this evening, and then a little bit later on, I'm going to be joined by my very special guest tonight, uh, Dr. John Morello, who is the founder, owner, and inventor of Swing Shade Golf, and I'll tell you all about that a little bit later on in the show when he joins us. Uh, very interesting product. And um, but as I said, we're going to start off with the coaches' corner panel with a little bit of a twist tonight, and I'll explain that in just a second. But let me remind everybody: uh, of course, we are live every Thursday evening from six to eight p.m. Central uh, here on BlogTalkRadio.com network. And, and best way to find us, of course, is go to BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Golf Talk Live, or you can just simply type Golf Talk Live up in the search key, and you'll find us front and center uh, during the live broadcast. But if uh, for some reason you can't join us live, not to worry. Uh, just scroll down that page, and uh, you'll find the on-demand section, and that's where all of the shows uh, in their entirety you will find them, uh, as, of course, they're all auto-recorded. But we are live uh, from 6 to 8 on Thursday. So uh, for those of you tuning in live, uh, welcome, and, and we're glad you could join us. Uh, if you're somebody that likes to listen perhaps through some other uh, social media platforms, you can uh, go to iTunes.com. Stitcher.com and uh, of course uh, TuneIn.com and just again type in Golf Talk Live and uh, you'll go right to the page there and again all of the shows will be listed there including tonight's show uh, so you can listen through any of those uh, social media platforms if you wish. Um, if you want to call into the show we'd always love to hear from you you're welcome to do so the number to call is area code 646-716-4667 uh, or you can email any questions to me personally uh, my email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And if you're somebody in the golf industry and uh, maybe you think you've got an interesting product, uh, maybe you're in the uh, teaching side of things and you want to come on the show and, and share some of your thoughts, uh, uh, maybe you've got some interesting uh, stories to share, uh, I'd love to hear them. You're welcome to uh, uh, come on as a guest and, and reach out to me again at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, also, I update on all the uh, main social media uh, platforms, Facebook, of course, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, my Twitter handle is Ted and Buck, C-O, C-O in capital letters. Uh, if you go to facebook.com uh, forward slash Golf Talk Live blog, uh, that is the main page for the show, and you can uh, get all the updates there as far as who's going to be coming on each and every week, uh, everybody from the Coach's Corner panel uh, to my very special guests during the evening. Uh, you can also find the updates on my personal page, and that's, of course, under my name, and that's Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is the correct spelling. And uh, under my name as well, uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and get updates as I post uh, all of the shows there uh, as well as, as far as to who's going to be coming on uh, each and every week. So lots of great ways to connect and lots of great ways to uh, plug in and find out about the show. So uh, check them out, and I'll uh, – 
let you know a little bit about that again uh, as we progress through the show. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got a little bit of a twist tonight on Coach's Corner. Uh, I had a couple of great professionals coming on, and unfortunately, uh, one of them had to cancel out, had something uh, uh, very important that came up last minute, and unfortunately, Clint Wright won't be joining us tonight, but my good friend, Mr. Pete Buchanan, is uh, going to be still with us. Let me just tell you a little bit about Pete, and then... Uh, uh, I'll bring him out, and he and I can uh, can uh, handle the Coach's Corner panel ourselves tonight. I think we can do a good job. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Pete Buchanan's uh, going to be the panelist tonight. Uh, he's the founder and director of instruction and owner of Plain Simple Golf, LLC. Uh, of course, uh, Plain Simple Golf houses the Plain Simple Golf Circuit and swing, uh, Simple Swing Repeater Training Brace. And Pete, of course, uh, in addition to uh, being a pretty regular panelist here in the Coach's Corner, and he's also been a guest as well, but he's been teaching over the past 30-plus years, so lots of great experience. Uh, and with that in mind, let me bring out my special, uh, very special uh, Coach's Corner panelist tonight, Pete Buchanan. Welcome, Pete. Thanks, Ted. It's great to be here. I'll do my best to uh, well, count as two tonight. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm pretty sure from past experience pete will have no problem in stretching it out for the next hour i know i can uh talk with the best of them and i know you can uh, uh do quite a, a good job yourself so i have no worries about Absolutely. that um you know pete we, we've we talk about a lot of different things uh on the show and I, I know we've we've touched on this i'm sure many many times but i i wanted to do it again you know here we are and we were just talking off air you and i uh, about some of the crazy weather we've had earlier this spring. I mean, you're up uh, in, in the St. Louis area. Of course, you've been having some cold, damp uh, weather for quite some time, uh, a very long uh, time coming out of uh, out of winter. And even here in the northwest part of Florida, uh, the temperatures have been kind of going up and down, up and down for several weeks now. So you're never too sure what you're going to be uh, needing to put on when you head out the door in the mornings. Um, so a lot of people maybe not uh, getting out and playing golf, particularly up in your neck of the woods right away, uh, or they're just sort of easing into it uh, as they wait for the, for the climate to, to get a little bit better. So I want to talk about tonight, if we can, a little bit uh, uh, specifically about chipping and pitching, which are two areas uh, that are, are crucial uh, to, to shooting your best scores. Obviously that involves the short game. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to start it off here uh, Pete, with just you know talking about some of the characteristics of, of great chipping. So, obviously, hitting better chip shots uh, requires uh, a few fundamentals, and most of which often get overlooked by not only beginners but even some of the better players alike. So, we want to look at a few and, and get um, you know the, the folks chipping back on track as, as they're getting ready to start a new season here. So, one of the things, Pete, that I think a lot of people um, forget to do uh, is to choke down on the grip. Uh, and and I, there's a number of important reasons to do that, and, and I want you to share that. Um, you know, as opposed to a regular shot, obviously you're you're gripping the club a little higher up. Um, but for for chipping, it's a good idea to choke down on the grip, and there's a couple of reasons for that. And maybe you can touch on some of them. I think the first one is by by choking down on it, you can get the shaft just a tiny bit more upright, which will help to keep mm -hmm. the hands and the shaft moving as a unit together. And I think also right. by choking down, you get a little bit closer to your work, and it, it feels a lot more like putting. Uh, you know, the putter is typically shorter than, you know, most of the irons that you would go to chip with. I think it just gives you a, a little bit better feel closer to, you know, something that you're more familiar with in, in a putting style. I'm not necessarily the same grip, although I've seen a lot of people use the exact right. same grip they putt with to chip with. But I think it's more importantly to me, I think it just sets that shaft a little bit more vertical 
And I think the more vertical it can sit, almost like it's in line with your, you know, a little bit more with your hands and arms, it just helps keep that shaft and the arms moving more as a unit so you get better contact. Yeah, and I agree wholeheartedly. And I think also, too, Pete, I think choking down adds, uh, which people don't probably think about this, but adds kind of a counterbalance to the club. And I mean by that is there's a little bit of weight above the hands, um, again, so you're not getting that sort of flippy or wristy action uh, that often you'll get when you're, you know, gripping the shaft as you, or, you know, the club as you normally would. So, again, it helps to, as you said, to, to sort of keep it moving as a, as a single unit or as a connected unit and not so much, uh, you know, getting a lot of wrist action. Cause, and, you know, chipping, you really don't want that sort of wristy action in there because a lot, a lot of times what happens, you'll end up chunking or, or all kinds of funky things will happen around the green. And uh, so I think uh, you're right. Choking down uh, adds a little bit more stability and uh, gets you closer to the work, as, as you pointed out as well. Um, something else uh, as well, in addition to choking down, um, and, and again, the reason where we're pointing out some of this for those of you tuning into the show, um, you know, everybody has sort of their own individual styles. These are just sort of the basics that we're going to cover here tonight, just to give you an idea, because a lot of people I think miss the boat. Uh, you don't have to do it necessarily this way, but these are ways that we have found as professionals that have worked best. And these have been going on for, you know, decades and decades with professionals alike. So, um, you know, you can certainly modify, but these are things that you might want to listen uh, to and, and take note cause, and check and see if maybe you're not doing some of these and, and, and see if this helps with your chipping and that. Um, but staying open and, and having a narrow stance, um, this is also important uh, in, in the chipping stroke. Talk a little bit about that. I think, first of all, um, you get a little bit more narrow stance. It, it creates a situation where you can't use the body very much or you'll throw yourself off balance. And so it allows you to use right. the hands and arms more independently. And I think a little bit more narrow stance. Again, it, it just, uh, to me, it, it, it's a little bit more comfortable that way. I think uh, near the green, getting your feet closer together, I think it's just a, a more common stance. I know, you know, sometimes the, the wider ones kind of feel a little bit more awkward in, in some cases, especially around the greens. I think, uh, you know, mm-hmm. trying to keep these things as similar to putting as you can. So a little bit more narrow stance, sometimes a little bit more of an open stance. I think a lot of times it gives you a better sight visual to what you're trying to do, looking at uh, what's going on. But I, I think it's it's more to me is is a, a balance and a and a, a situation where it's going to keep the body very very quiet and just allow the arms and the hands and the club, you know, to work together uh, to make a, a better solid stroke for better contact. Yeah, and. And unlike putting, you know, you, you want a little bit of rotation here with the body. Uh, obviously, it's not a full shot, um, but as you, know, as you pointed out, uh, you want to be able to release through. Um, where putting, it's you know, more of a pendulum-style stroke. Uh, and certainly, I've seen people chip much like they putt. So, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do that. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, one of the problems uh, as well of, of staying too square is the body will sort of resist that rotation uh, or that slightly rotating, and the hands start to take over and get too active. As, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they begin to sort of flip, and instead of taking a narrow uh, stance, an open stance, they just, um, you know, they, they tend to get too much uh, wrist action and stuff going through there. Um, and, and the easy way, some people, instead of making an, an air and open stance, some people just flare out uh, one foot and let the body uh, turn through the shot. So, again, you don't necessarily have to have a completely open stance, um, but your lead foot, obviously, for... for um, depending on which way, whether you're left-handed uh, or right-handed, uh, your lead foot 
you might want at least at the very least open that up a little bit because that'll help open the, the the lead hip so that when you're clearing through you have an easier time than if you're trying to do it with a squared up stand so um just some food for thought guys things that you want to sort of pay attention to and um i guarantee it that if you start to adopt these and you practice these like anything we've talked about here before pete is you want to make sure you you practice um you know in the winter months when you can't get out uh, or you don't have access to an indoor facility you know get a, a, a you know in front of the, a full-length mirror if you've got one at home and if not you can get one very cheaply at uh, your local hardware store and just make sure it's got a little frame or something around it uh, so you're not cutting yourself but um, and lean it up against a wall down your, your rec room or your basement uh, or a room that uh, you're not going to have to worry about damaging anything and just work on some of these different positions I mean uh, this is what I did for years growing up uh, in the winter months uh, you know Pete when I was out there so um, you know yep. lots of great things that you can do um, the other thing uh, I think the next step is um, keeping your weight on your forward side. Again, as I mentioned, uh, you know, for depending on whether you're left or right-handed, uh, depending on which is going to be your forward side. Uh, for me, that's my left because uh, I'm right-handed, so it, that's going to be my left. Uh, left side is going to be uh, I'm going to lean a little bit more to that with my weight and the ball back in your stance. Why is that important? You know, if, most shots I'm kind of doing a 50-50 balance. Why is it important to ha- have that weight sort of leaning forward a little bit? And, and again, why do I, uh, for a chip shot, do I want to have the ball a little bit back? What, what's the purpose of that? Well, obviously when you're hitting chip shots, the, the, the one thing you don't want to do is hit behind it because those aren't going to go very far. And so by getting right. the weight a little bit forward, getting the, the ball back and the handle then a little bit forward, it's going to give you more of a, a, a downward descent to help you catch the ball first and make better contact. So that's really for a, more of a contact issue. You don't want to exaggerate it too much because, you know, if, if you've got it too far, you know, I've seen some that, you know, you could pick up the right foot and then the ball's outside the right foot. You know, they're just crashing to the ground. You can over-exaggerate it too much. Um, but you want to make sure that, you know, there's a little bit of weight forward, the ball's back. And, you know, I would say maybe two balls back from where it normally is. And that's just to help you to get a little bit more of a descending blow into it so you can catch the ball first. And I think also, too, it'll just help the ball run a little bit better once it hits the green with that type of setup. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree uh, 100% with that. Uh, again, you know, like any shot, especially with, uh, with uh, your irons, you want uh, somewhat of a descending blow because you want to be able to make connection with the ball first. And as you said, Pete, you know, if you've kind of got your, your, your weight sort of evenly balanced for a chip shot – uh, that's not to say that you're not going to be successful, but more often than not, what's going to happen is you're going to hit in behind the ball and catch the turf first, which, again, can cause all kinds of things. The, the club can get uh, either stuck in there, depending on how, how hard you're swinging the, the club, which you shouldn't be very hard for a chip shot, um, or the other thing, what happens, it might skip off the, uh, the turf a little bit and come into the back of the ball, and then it skids across the, uh, the green. So um, all kinds of things. So keep your weight forward a little bit. Move the ball, as, as Pete said, one or two ball lengths back um, you know, from where you might normally uh, want to keep it. And, uh, and that way you're going to make good, uh, crisp contact with the ball first. And um, it, you'll hit some great chips, I'm sure. Um, Another one too, Pete, and this is sort of a, a misleading. I want to kind of read something out here, and that's keep your head up. Um, certainly don't mean that you want to keep it up literally uh, to the point where you can't see what you're doing, um, but keeping your head down is, is never a good idea, especially with chips because, as we all know, you kind of stuff your head into your chest and your lower body kind of loses its ability to rotate. So maybe you might want to add a little bit to that as well. Well, no question. I mean, posture is uh, one of the biggest keys to getting good contact 
And so you have to create the angles that address with the body to make sure you have room to swing the club where the ball is, you know, and if you've, you've got your head down too much and around your shoulders over and now you're actually getting yourself too close to your work. Um, and so, you know, the arms don't have any room to swing. And so you end up hitting the, as I like to say, hit the wrong ball first, hit the big one. And unfortunately in chipping, that one doesn't go anywhere. Um, it doesn't go anywhere right. in any of the shots, but um, you want to make sure that you create the right room. So it's always good to keep yourself. I always like to say you want to stand relatively tall. And so you, you can be up to give your arms room to swing down because it is a downward motion. And so you've got to create the room at right. rest plus the right posture angles can help you move easier and, and better in balance. So posture is, you know, a key in every shot that you're going to hit. You know, it's, it's a key fundamental in every sport and every movement. So you've got to have the right, right posture so that you can move in balance. Right. And let me just go back just a little bit, just to, to add uh, to what you were saying, you know, earlier, um, you know, when we, we first talked about choking down, that's something too, that you've got to be very, very careful uh, with folks, you know, for those of you tuning into the show and listening to this segment. Um, one of the, the big problems that I see, especially with some of our more mature golfers, because obviously as we age, we, you know, we've been sitting behind a desk maybe for a while, or, you know, we get that kind of rounded shoulders um, a lot of times what I'll see is people will, will sort of crowd themselves, they'll choke down, and they'll start to slump their upper body over. You want to maintain that posture um, that you would have normally at a dress. You want to, you know, be fairly, as you said, Pete, stand sort of tall. Um, but obviously because you're choking down, in order to meet the ball with the club head, what you want to be able to do is just – Flex your knees just a little bit more, but still have that good posture. So you might actually look like you're sticking your, your backside out a little bit more. You're, you're choked down on the club, but flex your knees as opposed to hunching over, uh, Pete, as you said, hunching over your upper body because uh, you're just going to be very inconsistent that way. And keeping your head up is a good way to accomplish that as well, not getting it into your chest uh, as we talked about. Um, the other thing too is, and again, this can vary, Pete, from from uh, situation that, but choosing the right club when chipping. Um, personally, I like to mix up my my club options uh, depending on the amount of height and and, and the roll I want, because obviously, unlike a pitch shot, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, a chip shot, you know, isn't a, a shot that's going to be high up in the air and and sort of landing softly. It's going to be uh, sort of a, a short little bump, and then you know you're going to get some roll. So you don't want a lot of height with this. And depending on the circumstance and the distance, uh, you might want to mix up the clubs. What are your thoughts there, and, and uh, or do you recommend maybe sticking with one or even two clubs? Well, I you know do it actually two different ways. Um, in practice, um, at times I'll have them use one club, and that's only to practice the technique and practice to, you know learning to hit a landing spot. And so you would use one club to see what's going to mm-hmm. happen. But what I really like them to do is I like them to chip, you know, anywhere from a four iron on down to a to a wedge, depending on you know, how deep their greens are. But I like everybody to understand what I call the, the law versus roll ratio. You know, once you right. s- set up where your ball is, pick out a landing spot, and then you're going to take, let's say, a nine iron, and you're going to chip it and see how far it lands. So you step up those paces, and let's say it's five paces. And then you walk from there mm-hmm. to where it finished rolling. Let's say that's 10 more. Well, that's a one to two ratio. And so you start to learn, you know, what your law versus role is with each of the clubs. And that way, when you get in a situation on the course and you look at where the pin is, you figure out where your landing spot is, you can kind of walk that off and say, hey, this is a one to two. That's my nine iron. So now you get a better idea of which club is going to run the right way versus, you know, the others. 
and it kind of gives you a better chance to get the ball a lot closer to the hole. So, you know, once you have your ratio down and you know how far that's going to run, now you got to do is line it up and mm-hmm. you'll start making a lot of those. And so I like, I like to use a lot of the clubs around the green. You know, to me, you've probably heard me say this before, chipping, I always equate, you know, chipping to bowling. I mean, if they made you loft the ball right. from the foul lane to the pins, it'd be a lot harder, but they let you run it. And so I want to get that ball on the ground as fast as I can, as safely as I can, and then let it run to the pin. So I like to work technique-wise, just one club, just working on a technique for flying the ball to a certain spot. And then I like them to change clubs and learn how much air time versus ground time each one of their clubs gives them. Yeah, uh, I'm much like you. Um, years ago, I, I tended to stick with, um, you know, maybe an eight iron and a, and a pitching wedge and even a, a sand wedge, depending on um, how close the pin was. Um, but over time, I've learned to do, as, as you've suggested, you know, I've found that having a much wider range of club selection, especially with some of the courses that are out there now with some of these big greens, um, you know, even an eight iron, Absolutely. you've got to hit it pretty good. Even a chip shot to, you know, if you've got a, a 90-foot uh, green and you happen to be on the bat side, <laughs> the bad side or the wrong side of it and the pins right. all the way over there. Uh, eight iron's not your best. Yeah. Your eight iron's not your best option. And, you know, I might pull out a, a five or a six iron. And as you said, I want to, you know, I want to think of it almost like a putt. I don't want to have a lot of air time. I don't want to lob it over there. Uh, you know, because sometimes if you're in a tight lie, uh, sometimes you don't always get good contact. Whereas, you know, maybe a five or six iron or even a seven, depending on the distance, uh, I can get good contact with the ball I can nip it just just so off that short grass and get a lot of roll, and I can roll it, uh, you know, up there nice and close so I can uh, get a good chance to, uh, in some cases, maybe save par, and in other cases, maybe maybe even make a birdie. But, uh, yeah, I I agree with that. I think the more clubs – and, and again, just to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning, you have to to be willing to go out and experiment. And now is the time for those – yeah, for those of you that are just getting out there, uh, you know, up in the northeast and that particularly where, you, you know, the snow is finally thawing and you're able to get out there before you start going out and playing your rounds, get out and, and obviously tune up your game, uh, contact your, your, uh, golf, your local golf professional and, and get some, some lessons, obviously a refresher, if you will. Um, but get out there at the very least and practice some of this stuff because it's been a while that you guys uh, haven't been out there. And if you think you're going to go out there and shoot a decent score without doing any sort of prep work, especially if you've been sitting for the last five or six months doing nothing, uh, I guarantee you're going to run into some problems. Um, what, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, any time that you're going to start off again, to me, the, the first thing I want to do, and I know, you know, after sitting all winter long, everybody wants to get up there and pull those long ones out and see how far they go. I go for the short stuff first. I want to get a feel for the short shots around the green so when I get on the course, I can score. And so, you know, I may not be yep. hitting them all that great to start off with, but if I've got my short game going, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be able to, you know, get those <clears> balls up and down, you know, rather quickly uh, around the greens because I've got a better touch, a better a feel for that. You know, and, and also, too, I mean, we're going to be talking about pitching in a minute. I mean, pitching can lead to help your, your full right. swing so much better as well. So the short game shots, you know, it's kind of ironic, you know, when, when you watch the really, really good players practice – and you see how much time they spend on the short game, the chipping, the pitching. And when they play well, they don't have any of them. Isn't that amazing? They still spend so much right. <laughs> time on those parts of the game, yet when they play their best, they don't even use them. And, and, it's, and you know, right. especially the amateurs, they use it all the time. 
they're the ones that have to be practicing right. the short game more often and not that driver off the deck all the time. they got to get out there and get that short game going. That's more important. <laughs> and, and you're exactly right, and that's a great point to bring up. And I think one of the reasons, um, you know, that the pros do that is because they never know when they're going to need it. And if you haven't been practicing those short little chip shots or even pitch shots, which we're going to talk about here in a moment, um, and you're just focusing on the long game all the time, and then suddenly you get faced with a situation uh, maybe where you've got to chip it uh, or, or pitch it, and you haven't been working on that uh, for very much, you, you lose that, that sort of sense of feel, and, and you're, you're not comfortable over the ball anymore. And, you know, again, like you said, a lot of our amateurs out there, I mean, probably 80% of their game is, is pitching and chipping around the green just to, you know, try to scrounge a, up a bogey even in, in many cases or worse. And they spend very little, if any, time uh, on that part of their game. They're too busy trying to hit the long drive to see if they can hit it, you know, 300 yards still uh, for those that were able to do it the first time. Um, and and they spend no time, and then they wonder why their handicaps never go down. So, you know, Pete's exactly right. You know, you got to get out there and you got to work uh, on your game and you got to practice these these shots that we're talking about and the techniques that we're talking about. And again, it's not to say you can't modify it, Pete, but I think that these are a general rule that most professionals will will adhere to. Uh, again, with some modification, maybe. But for the most part, some of the things we're talking about here tonight, you will see most professionals. And speaking of which, Steve Stricker uh, is is one that I've recognized as probably one of the best uh, that I've seen. And he he does what you talked about earlier, sort of that single lever uh, swing. So the next time that, you know, uh, for those of you tuning in, that he's on TV, check out this chipping style that he does. And what he does, uh, Pete, is he actually sort of pre-hinges his wrist at the setup. So in other words, he leans the shaft a little bit forward um, and, and gets the club in the position that he wants to make good contact. But what he also does too, which is very, very important is he, after presetting that wrist, as he goes through into his, his sort of uh, abbreviated back swing and his uh, swing and his follow through, uh, he does not break down that wrist. It stays in that same position. That's a key element as well uh, to good chipping uh, some people do a uh, sort of a pre, uh, you know, a pre uh, cocking of the wrist, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts there? Is that something that that you've, uh, you know, sort of adhered to as well? Do you recommend that, uh, or is that just again an individual style? Well, it's not a bad way to do it. I mean, Stricker is one of the best, you know, short game players out there. You know, especially with the wedges and, right. and the, the chips around the greens. You know, one of the things I've always said, and you and I have talked about before, I mean, I built a training brace to keep your hands out of it, so you know where, where I'm going with it. Yep. So, you yep. know, the more your hands move around, the more the club moves around, you change the face angle, you change the angle of attack, and there goes your contact. So the better you can keep those wrist angles, the lead arm to shaft angle intact, the more consistent and uh, with your ball flight and the more consistent your contact's going to be. So, yeah, if, if you want to preset it and keep it, absolutely do it. You know, I have no problem with that. So, you know, my, my setup that I do, you know, we use the setup to get the contact. So especially with the short ones, you know, maybe a little lean forward, shaft a little forward, and then you keep that there and let it move from that position yep. so you can maintain it. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, leaving the hands very, very quiet and let the arms uh, in the shaft work as a unit um, to, to keep that club face and to keep the angle of attack from moving, moving all over the place. Right. And just another tip, and, and this is something for, for, you know, folks to try. And, and again, this is sort of a, an experiment stage. 
um, if you will, for, for those of you out there that are, are sort of tuning up for their new season. Lee Trevino did a great little tip. I don't know if you saw this or not, Pete, some years ago on the Champions Tour on uh, the Learning Center. And what he often did was he actually took his left hand, which, of course, that was his lead hand, and he actually rested it on top of the, of the handle uh, on, the, on the shaft so that uh, his palm was facing down. And then, of course, he, he gripped the, uh, the right hand as he normally would. And the reason why he did that was it kept that unification. It, it prevented him from breaking his wrist down so that he could uh, you know, get that, that crisp contact. And he did that not only with his chipping, but he also did it sometimes with some of his short pitch shots as well, which was kind of interesting. And he did this little tip on, on the uh, learning center of, yeah, for the Champions Tour. And I'm telling you, I mean, he was uh, among one of the top uh, short game guys out there as well in his day. And he could hit some pretty amazing shots so, and still can, actually. Um, so, yeah, you know, th- those are things to, to, yeah, to try as well. So very quickly, uh, quick recap, some of the characteristics of great chipping. Number one, choke down on the grip. Uh, gets you a little bit closer uh, to uh, the business end of the ball, if you will. Um, keep your stance a little bit open and narrow. Uh, if you don't want to open it completely, maybe just flare out that lead foot, again, depending on which way you play. Uh, it, either going to be your left or your right foot. But just flare it out a little bit. Uh, I like to have a little bit more open stance and definitely want to have a narrow stance because you want to get more rotation in your body. Uh, you don't want to be a little stiffer uh, or zero rotation like you would in a putting uh, stroke. Uh, weight a little bit forward uh, on the forward side and ball back a little bit in your stance so you can make sure that you get good contact uh, and also uh, so that you're not swaying. The other thing, uh, keep your head up as well so that you're not burying your chin into your chest and, and kind of getting stuck there. Um, and then finally, uh, make sure you choose the, the right club. Uh, again, experiment a little bit. Choose the right club for the situation if you've got uh, a good distance to the pin, um, you might want to uh, get a, a less lofted club. It could even be your four or five iron or six iron, depending on the distance, so that you're getting that ball on the green quickly. You pick a target, as Pete said, uh, and hit it to that target and let it roll the rest of the way and get up there close uh, so you can get a um, – you might even get it to drop in, who knows. But at the very least, you'll get up there in, in good distance to, to make that putt. So those are some quick uh, tips to, to do and make sure that uh, – you know, you practice those as much as you can, especially early on in the season. So, Pete, let's talk a little bit about how to make a good pitch shot. Uh, we're going to talk about some good uh, golf, uh, of course, practice drills, if you will, and a useful technique during any golf game is the ability. Uh, in this case, you want to hit the shot where the ball goes high and doesn't roll too much uh, when it lands. So this, of course, we call this the pitch shot, whereas the chip uh, we talked about uh, just a moment ago is more uh, just a short uh, travel in the air, if you will, and more roll. So um, one of the things, too, that you want to particularly take notice of, uh, Pete, I think for most uh, golfers, uh, for a pitch shot, is to let the club face angle work for you. Too many people try to maneuver or manipulate the club. Talk a little bit about that and why that's important. Well, you know, a lot of the wedges are built, you know, specifically today with bounces on the bottom. And that bounce is your friend, and you need to use it. Um, you know, a lot of those wedges, if you eliminate the bounce, the leading edge becomes a digging tool. And so you can just dig right into the floor. And, uh, you know, even if you catch the ball, you're, you're not still getting the ball coming off the club like you should. So, you know, it's important to set the golf club down as it was made. Set it down when it's true loft and uh, let that bounce work for you so you can skim it right along the ground and uh, put that ball up in the air. So 
Yeah, I definitely think when you're looking at these wedges, I mean, you can hit some special shots if you need to, if, if, you know, if you're trying to get one a little bit higher, a little bit lower. But I think for the most part, the basic pitch shot, you want to make sure you set the club down with the loft that it was made so you can activate the bounce like it's made for. And obviously, the swing is going to help you with that too. But, you know, the club's designed specifically for that, so it's important that you put it down that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, again, this goes back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier, and it's even more important here, is you want the club, the club is really designed to do the job for you. Uh, our body, obviously, is, is what's connected to the club, and there are certain ways that if we're not doing things correctly, uh, can manipulate that situation, uh, some cases for the positive, other cases for the negative. So um, you want to be, you know, careful that, um, you know, you've set up properly, but the, the club face is designed, especially, you know, when you're dealing with uh, your pitching wedge or your lob wedge or, uh, you know, basically any club, um, the club face is designed to impart backspin in order to create lift. And what a lot of people do is they, they get that, you know, wrist flip, if you will, and they're trying to help the ball get in the air. Um, and it kind of sounds a, a little, I won't say counterproductive, but when people really think about it, they think, well, if I'm hitting down on the ball, then I'm going to drive it into the ground. But really that's not what it's doing is you're actually compressing the ball. The ball then begins to roll backwards up the club face and with help of, of course, with, with good grooves uh, and actually creates that lift. And a lot of people think, well, no, I've got to do like my driver. I've got to kind of hit it on the upswing and that creates a whole myriad of problems. So it, it's super important guys to make sure that you let the club face uh, do the work for you. Um, now, what about the stance, Pete? Uh, it's pretty similar to chipping, wouldn't you agree? Uh, your feet are a little bit closer together, and and uh, and as uh, Steve Stricker does with uh, with his chipping, uh, some people might want to push their grip a little bit forward. Certainly not a lot, depending on the type of, of shot. Um, and you want to make sure that you're not too stiff, uh, you know, with uh, with your swing as well. But what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the stance for for uh, pitch shots? Well, I think as as the shots become a little bit longer, obviously you're going to start to widen the stance more. You're still going to have it a little bit open, so you sure. you have the ability to get through it. Um, but I think you know I like to like folks move transition themselves away. You know, as as they start to move away uh, from the green, the swing has to get a little bit longer because they have to carry it further. Um, now you're going to want more loft, so it won't roll as far. So you sort of transition yourself from a chipping situation into a pitching. So if, if you are using a chipping motion, you're not going to fly it as high as you normally would. So as you let the arms, you know, right. swing a little bit more and the club begin to come a little bit more up off the ground, you know, everything will get more, more active and then you'll use the loft to pitch it up in the air. So I always like, like it, you know, from a stance standpoint, you know, start backing yourself away, start getting the, you know, the swing as you get a little bit longer, you're going to get, start getting more closer to the normal width that you're, full shots would be, but I always would say, you know, in a pitch shot, you know, still keep that stance a little bit open just to allow yourself to get through there. That'll keep you from snagging the ground too much on the way through. Right, right, exactly. And I think another thing too, and again, obviously it's going to vary a little bit with the distance uh, involved, but again, certainly not as much as you would necessarily for a chip shot. Uh, but the other thing that you want to make sure that you do, uh, Pete, is you want to shift your weight uh, again, depending on which way you're, you're swinging, uh, to that lead foot. So in my case, it's going to be my left foot. I want to have a little bit more. One of the big mistakes that I see, and, and, and uh, certainly get your thoughts here in just a second, is I see people have um, too much weight 
you know, sort of 50-50. Now, for a really long pitch shot, that might be okay. Uh, I personally like to have a little bit, maybe 60-40 for a, a full shot, just because I want to give myself that little bit of extra edge to, to help make sure I make that transition to my forward foot. One of the problems that uh, a lot of uh, our club golfers and our high an, uh, handicap or amateur golfers do is they get that, that weight uh, a little bit too evenly distributed. And then as they take into the backswing, they get a lot of weight over on the right side. They actually go outside of the right foot and then they do the old reverse pivot trying to get back over. Um, what are your thoughts there about uh, where the weight should be? What do you have found most successful with your students? Uh, you're exactly right. I think, you know, too many times they'll they'll set up improperly for still trying to get a, a little bit more of a descending blow to get that good solid contact. And again, you know, if they chip pretty well with the weight forward, you know, I always, I always tell people, I said, well, how much, you know, should I lean forward? I said enough that you don't hit behind it, you know, so you can experiment with right. that. You can put a little bit more weight forward and take a few swings. And if you're still hitting behind it, you know, experiment a little bit more, you know, like you said before, short game is all about, you know, experimenting and, and working on different techniques and, you know, what works the best for you. But yeah, I always think, you know, you have to have a little bit of weight forward. It's going to help you to not hit behind it, to really catch that ball first and help you get through to the other side. So yeah, no question that you, you want to make sure you start off with that. And as you said, as you start to get a little bit longer swing, you know, maybe you're going to get more in neutral toward, you know, where your regular full swing is, but you know, the short game covers a lot of yardage. And so, you know, there's a technique yeah. to, to involve to play those shots. And, you know, you've got three different wedges, so you've got all kinds of distances to cover. But, you know, you, you really want to find a technique that's that's really going to help you make the right contact. And then you can start fiddling around with a little bit of length and pace of swing and, and the, the loss to help you with, you know, how far they're going to go. But no question from a contact standpoint, you want to make sure everything's a little bit more forward. Yeah, and and again, there's a number of reasons for that, and, and we we pointed them out. The other thing, too, that I, I want to point out, and why it's so important that you, you need to get out there and experiment, Pete, is I'll give you, use myself as an example. I'm six foot four, uh, very long in the legs. Um, one of the problems that I have uh, with pitching is I've got to be careful, even though I want a slightly narrower stance, I've got to be careful of getting too narrow uh, because then my legs get too active, and I get a lot of swaying involved. Um, so this is why it's important to experiment. Um, you might be six foot four as well, and you might say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do the same as you do, Ted. But the problem with that is most of your height might be in your upper body and less in the legs. You still might be the same height as me. So there's a lot of variances that can, can play into, can factor into that, or your arms might be a little bit longer or shorter. So there's a lot of things. This is why it's important for you to get out to the range and experiment. You can certainly try one way, and then, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, widen or narrow your stance as you see fit. Uh, don't necessarily just, you know, if you see a player that's about your same height and build on TV, copy what they're necessarily doing. You can certainly try it, but don't necessarily adhere to what they're doing because their body type might be slightly different. You're not always going to notice that on TV. And uh, they may need to have a slightly narrower stance, or that may work well for them. So uh, just some food for thought, guys. Um, and obviously, with a pitch shot the same way, uh, Pete, you want to make sure you're hitting the ball before the ground uh, if it's executed correctly. Otherwise, you know, you're chunking it and thinning it and all kinds of things. Um, but what about ball position itself? Um, how do we dictate, you know, you see some want to hit maybe a little higher pitch shot, maybe want to, uh, if they're playing in wind, they want to keep it a little bit lower. How, how does the ball position uh, affect that? And what, what do they need to do for different types of shots? 
Well, I always like to tell them, you know, start neutral where you would normally put it. So let's say you set up for your full swing. That's your neutral setup. And then as you're playing these short game right. shots, I like to move the ball at a time. Move the ball forward. Pitch that one, see what happens. Move the ball backwards, see what happens. Move it two forward, two backwards. You know, obviously the more forward you move it, uh, the more left and through you're going to have to swing to get it, but you're also going to create more loft. And the more back you put it, you're going to have less loft, a little bit more run. So, again, as you said, that's an experiment that you want to do. But I always like to start with neutral and then move it back a couple, move it forward a couple, and see which one gives you the type of trajectory that you're looking for and actually which one gives you better contact. I mean, that's really what you're after. When you're out on the golf course and you've got to pull these off, you want to have a setup you know you can go to that you're going to get proper contact. So if you can mess around a little bit with it when you practice, not only get a little bit different heights, but you can also work on, you know, what's your go-to contact to really make it so you know you're going to hit this solid and you're going to be able to pull this shot off. Yeah. And let me just give you a couple of other other tips, folks, for those of you um, tuning into the show tonight. We're talking about, of course, chipping and, and, uh, and pitching, and right now we're talking about pitching. Um, here's a couple of things that, to keep in mind. Um, obviously, for, for some of you that maybe have trouble clearing your hips, I always, for, for even for my full pitch shots, I like to have just a slightly open uh, stance a little bit to allow me to, to clear my, my left hand. I'm a, I play right-handed, even though I'm, I'm actually physically left-handed. Um, I play right-handed. That was just the way uh, Dad taught me, so um, I'm, I'm stuck with it now. But, um, you know, so I like to keep that, that left leg. I like to keep it open a little bit. Uh, so that I can make sure that I clear through. One of the other things, as I mentioned too, being a taller player that I had to guard against was swaying in the, in the back swing, especially on a full shot. So what I like to do is my back foot, which is my right, I like to keep it 90 degrees uh, to my target line. So in other words, it's pointing straight at, at, um, at where, toward, not towards my ball, but on the same line that my ball is on. So that way it restricts my back swing a little bit, so I'm not getting too, uh, too much sway in the back swing. But because my left leg is open a little bit, uh, I'm actually making sure I'm getting a good clearing action uh, with my hip. Now, if you're somebody that has the opposite problem and you're not getting enough uh, distance and you need or you're not, you don't have necessarily a lot of flexibility and you need to get a little bit more movement, then you can flare out your back foot just a little bit, not a lot, just to be able to get a, a little bit more full turn, especially with your full pitch shots. Um, uh, and again, some people that uh, don't have any issues with clearing their hips uh, even their front foot, they can flare it uh, back in a little bit, so it, or don't flare it as much, rather, uh, uh, because they're able to get that. They have that extra flexibility, and they're able to clear a little bit easier. So just some things to keep in mind uh, when, you're, when you're doing your setup. Uh, open the hips a little bit. I like to do that. Some people may want to play with more of a square for some of your full uh, pitch shots. Uh, again, the only way you're going to know is get out to the, uh, to the range and out to the practice team and, and, and work on some of those things. So uh, very quickly, Pete, just a, a quick recap on the pitch shots. Um, let the club face uh, angle do the work for you. Don't try to help it up into the air by trying to scoop at it or get it uh, you know, too risky with your shots. Uh, just worry about getting good solid contact with the club and let the club face itself uh, help get that ball in the air. Don't try to force it. Uh, again, similar stance to chipping. Um, you know, certainly you want a little bit uh, feet closer together in some cases, but again, experiment a little bit. Um, you might want to lean the shaft a little bit forward um, just to make sure that you're hitting it down. Obviously, some higher shots, you may want to have the shaft more up and down uh, straight. Um, I've seen some people actually have it tilted back a little bit. Uh, I don't recommend doing that because it's very easy uh, if you really don't know what you're doing. 
to, to come in and, and blade that ball. But uh, so lean the shaft a little bit forward uh, to make sure you're getting good contact and try to maintain that angle uh, as you're coming through uh, impact. Uh, shift your weight to the left foot a little bit. Again, uh, this can experiment. You don't want too much uh, on your left-hand side. Uh, I like to, for, for most of my normal shots, um, maybe uh, 65 uh, or, or 60-40 rather, uh, sometimes 55-45, just depending on, on uh, you know, what I'm doing. And as obviously the shots get a little bit shorter, I might have a little bit more uh, lean to the left. But, uh, and obviously we want to hit the ball before the ground, Pete, to, to make sure we make good contact. So again, uh, play with that ball position. You might want to have it more centered uh, or just slightly forward to center for your regular shots and then move it forward if you want to get a little bit more height, maybe move it back if you're playing into the wind um, and uh, to keep it uh, hitting a little bit lower shot into the wind. So, uh, again, play with that. But those give you some general tips and ideas for both chipping and for pitching. And if you go out and work on those, Pete and I will guarantee you um, that you will be a better ball striker overall, and it will help you with your long game as well. Um, Pete, why don't you tell him a little bit more, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, about uh, your brace. Uh, this is a great product, by the way. Tell him a little bit about it, how it works, and where they can get their hot little hands on it. Well, when I was looking at the golf swing to try to figure out uh, for the masses, you know, how can we make it a little bit easier for them to, to make better contact, more consistent contact, you know, a bunch of different swings and look, look at different uh, – situations of swings i had a lot of experimenting from you know being such a long time in, in, the, in the golf schools watching you know thousands and thousands of swings but i found out if you look at the the angle that's set between the lead arm and the shaft and address you know we're going to want to come you know very very close to that back to contact if we're going to come back to neutral so i thought if we could leave that angle the same all the time it'd probably be easier to come back to that yep. same spot and so we went and looked and, and developed a brace that when you set up to it, it's going to hold the angle between the lead arm and the shaft in place all the way throughout the swing. And also what I right. was after is that the, at the top of the swing, then it keeps the shaft in line with the lead arm, which then keeps the face because you can't hinge it or move the, the wrist around. It keeps the face square to where the arms are moving. So now you're going to have much better control yep. of the face when you strike the ball. You're not going to be able to manipulate it more open or more closed so you're going to have much better control. So that's really what I was after, looking at the swing to make sure that, you know, we can keep that lead arm shaft angle intact. And I've always been one that, you know, to me, if, if you're set up to the ball and the shaft's at an angle to the ground, I want to keep that club swinging as close to parallel to that angle as I can all the way throughout the swing. I think once you leave that and get a little bit more vertical than it or a little bit flatter than it, well, now other issues come into play. So by keeping that angle intact, it's a little bit easier to keep the shaft and the arm in line, and now you're going to be able to swing the club with more consistency, better contact overall. And, you know, the thing about it is, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, hinging that wrist to make sure that they, you know, create hinge and lag for distance per se. Um, and if you take that out, you're not going to get any distance. I haven't found one player that I put this brace on that's hit it shorter, not one. Every one of them has hit it further. Right. Because what it does <laughs> is now they've got the golf club swinging on a much shallower plane, which is going to come into contact yep. much better, and, and the club face is more consistent, and they're going to hit it more in the center of the club. So every one of them hits it further, you know, not to mention one heck of a lot straighter. It's just going to take the dispersion and bring it, you know, narrow right down in the middle. So, um, you know, that's why, you know, I, I designed it. I had a buddy of mine help me overall with the product to get it uh, you know, into where we came with our final 
final unit. So plainsimplegolf.com is a website. You can see them out there. It's called the Simple Swing Repeater. You know, you can contact me direct, or you can go out there and purchase them right off the, the, the website there. And I've got a couple different programs that go with it. And I also developed a 30-day challenge, which, you know, you can take the SSR, and I give you specific drills over 30 days to get your game in play. It's a great time to do it right now to get yourself ready to go. Yep. It's three hours a week of practice. That's it. Three hours <clears> a week <throat> for 30 days. And, you know, I ran this in an experiment about uh, – Oh, it was a couple of years ago, and I had 12 participants take it, and the least amount of improved handicap over that time frame was 20%. And I had one gentleman wow. who had only broke 100 once, and on the 26th day of the challenge, he shot 75. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I'm telling you, that, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> my good friend Anthony down there in Orlando, if he's listening, you know, he's my he's my good friend, and uh <laughs> He's uh, really done really well. And, you know, one of the things he says about it, he says he used to hit foul balls all the time. And, you know, right. he noticed, you know, and when he put that on, he says no more foul balls. He said they all kept going in the same direction. And so that's really <laughs> what it's all about. It's to help keep, you know, the, the angle between the lead arm and the shaft intact. And, you know, you watch a lot of players and, you know, people will talk about that. And, you know, someone hinge it up there at the top. And I've always found, you know, I was one of those two that had – what I call the ideal position at the top. The club's parallel to the ground and parallel to the target line at the top of the swing. The problem is that shaft has now crossed the lead arm, and that closes the face relative to the arms. So now you're going to hit hooks, you know, like the hooks, and you hit blocks. Once I got that shaft to line up with my lead arm, all of those hooks disappeared. They just vanished. And now I was able to really release the club really with both arms, keeping it on the plane. And now the ball never goes left. And I can, you know, I, you could make it go left if you want to, but it doesn't go anymore because of the result of the swing. And it just allows more freedom of the arms to swing the golf club and the keeping the arms and the club together. So that the face stays square to wherever the arms are moving, just makes it a lot easier to control the ball. Well, and that's exactly what we want. And, and Pete, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to ship me one of these tomorrow because I think that's what I need to get my strokes down a little bit too. So uh, you're exactly right. Um, yeah. I, 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 listen, I'm not kidding either. I'm serious. I think I might need to, to work with this a little bit myself. Um, but you know, you know, it, one of the things funny, that, Ted, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I got, you know, no, go ahead, and, it, please. and it's not, it's not just for the masses either. You know, I, you know, one of my, players that I coach online is playing on, you know, the PGA tour China series. And, you know, I've got pictures of him, you know, during the, the rounds practicing with it on. And, you know, he uses it back to back runner up finishes on the PGA tour China. So, I mean, he uses it because he loves how it keeps the club on plane, but it keeps his shot dispersions right where he wants them. He just doesn't hit it offline when yeah, he, uses it. So he exactly. practices with it all the time. And, yeah. And you know what? Um, this is the whole purpose of, of a good training aid is, you know, you want something that is going to actually give you improvement. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of different training aids over the years and, you know, this one claims that and this one claims that. Um, but I know that you've been using this uh, with your students and, and professionals and that for a long, long time and you've tweaked it over the years and, and got it to exactly where you want it. And I have no doubt that you're getting the results you're getting because that is, that is a crucial part um, of, of the game is keeping that uh, shaft and that lead arm 
consistent like that. And that is where a lot of our club golfers, it breaks down because their wrists flip and they're scooping at a lot of their shots. And the, the great thing about practicing with, with a brace like that, Pete, is it actually builds a little bit of memory because it gives you an idea of how the club and your arm actually work in unison together. And once you ingrain that feeling and then take the brace off and play out on the golf course without it, you've already got that, that good skill set ingrained in, in what I like to call, obviously, a muscle memory. Um, you've already started to work with it, and it's, it's ingrained that good memory, if you will, on how to make good solid contact. And that's really the difference between a good, uh, a good product like that and one that's just, you know, sort of having you go all over the place. So uh, I really like that, and, uh, uh, and thank you for, for sharing that. You bet. You know, one other thing on that, too, is that I, I, I like as far as practicing. With mine, you can put it on and hit every shot in the game. You don't have to take it off. And so you can putt right. with it, chip with it, right. pitch with it. You know, you can use it all the way around. And so that's that's one of the things I wanted with the training aid. I was the biggest skeptic in the world on training aids. But I wanted one that I could put on. Yeah. I didn't have to take off, switch clubs, and just go. Right, right, right. exactly. And that's what I mean. It's multi-purpose, it's multifaceted, and it's a, it's a, great, uh, a great product. Well, well, Pete, um, we managed to uh, to handle the, the coach's corner panel tonight, you and I. And, uh, <laughs> we did. Uh, I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that Clint wasn't able to join us because I know Clint uh, loves talking about the short game, uh, but we'll uh, we'll get him on the, uh, the next time. But uh, uh, I want to thank you, Pete, and just uh, again, very quickly for the uh, listeners on the show here that may want to reach out, uh, not only to, to maybe uh, get their hot little hands on the product, uh, but maybe if they want to work with you or, or find out more uh, about some of the things that you're uh, doing to help your students this year, uh, how can they go about reaching out to you? They can go to my website, plainsimplegolf.com. It's P-L-A-N-E for the plane, and you'll see uh, all the different uh, things that we offer out there. Uh, you know, as you and I have talked about, you know, a large portion of my instruction is online. So uh, that's a large portion right. of my business. So I've developed a program that's easy to do. Um, they can videotape their swings and send them in. We can, we can do live uh, talks with either Skype or FaceTime or anything like that. And, um, you know, it's very easy to, to go in there, and we I got some new things coming with the website, so we're going to be doing more, you know, webinars and live shots and, you know, adding more content as we go. So it's really going to be you know, a fun thing, and I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, obviously we like to build a brand like anybody else does, but I really want to get it to where the masses have a place they can go and ask questions and get answered and really have some fun just interacting with not only me, but all the other members that we have in there. So, you know, go ahead and check it out. And, if, you know, if you have any questions, all my contact info is there. So don't hesitate to reach out. And, uh, you know, bottom line is you want to have more fun and uh, play better golf. So, you know, I'd be happy to help you get there. Sounds good, Pete. Well, as always, uh, Pete, thank you very much for, for joining me on Coach's Corner panel. And, and uh, as always, you, you, uh, Never cease to amaze me. You bring your best, and, and I appreciate that. I know the listeners enjoy it as well. And uh, keep up uh, keep up all the great work, and hopefully things are going to thaw out a little bit better for you up north there so you can uh, get out. Uh, you said you had a good day today. It was a little bit warmer out there. So hopefully things are, are on the, uh, on the, on the um, positive side of, of, the, uh, of the weather, and uh, you can get out there and start working with some of your students and, and just out have some fun in general. So thank you, Pete, and, and have a great weekend. You bet, Ted. Thanks for for all that you do. It's it's great that you put this on, and it's it's really a pleasure to be on with you. So thanks again. 
Well, as you know, I, I have a lot of fun myself. I enjoy doing this, and and it's uh, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, always glad to to help out my fellow professionals and and enjoy uh, uh, just enjoy the format. So uh, have a good one, Pete, and uh, I'll see you next time. You bet. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. All right, that was my very special solo panelist tonight on the Coach's Corner panel. As I uh, said earlier, my good friend uh, Clint Wright, unfortunately, wasn't able to join us tonight. Had uh, something very important that, that came up last minute that uh, needed his attention. So uh, he sends his apologies and his regrets that he wasn't able to join us tonight. Uh, but uh, Pete and I held down the fort, so I think we did a pretty good job. But uh, just remember, uh, if if you missed, uh, if you're just sort of tuning in now and you missed the first half, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live, and uh, you can listen to the show in its entirety in the archive section a little bit later. But uh, you want to stick around for the next little while uh, as I welcome my very special guest here in just a few moments. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, his name is Dr. John Morello. Uh, he's uh, formerly a chiropractor, uh, currently not. Uh, uh, practicing right now and he's uh in his mid to late 50s uh he created uh, he's a founder and owner of a great uh, product called swing shade uh golf and he's going to come on here in just a few moments and talk a little bit about it and he's going to be joined by uh, one of his sons i understand uh tell you a little bit about uh, everybody here um he actually treated chichi rodriguez uh, a number of years ago as well as many other professional athletes as a chiropractor uh he's an inventor and uh, construction supervisor uh his uh, two of his sons and his daughter, of course, have played uh, golf. Uh, his one son, Lawrence, uh, who's currently uh, 24, he played uh, golf in high school and college uh, and plays uh, currently on the Southwest uh, Florida Golf Tour, uh, just turned pro and teaches golf at the uh, golf course at Middle Bay Country Club in Oceanside, New York. Uh, currently, his coach is Sean Foley. Of course, you all remember him. Uh, and uh, he was uh, involved in, in developing the uh, uh, swing shade uh, as well. And also his other son, John uh, Michael Morello, uh, who's 27, played uh, golf in high school and college and is currently a New York State uh, trooper. Uh, and he as well was uh, very instrumental in, in helping put this product together. So uh, John's going to be coming on here in just a few moments, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Swing Shade Golf and what that's all about. It's uh, had some great reviews uh, here at the PGA Merchandising Show. We'll talk a little bit about that and uh, what some of the feedback were, and, and a little bit of the thought process of, of how he went about uh, creating this and, and why he uh, put it together. But it looks like a very interesting product, and uh, we're going to talk about that here uh, in just a few moments. But again, let me remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on uh, the blogtalkradio.com network. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live, or just simply type golf talk live uh, up in the search key, and that will take you there uh, to the main page. And uh, we are front and center there on the page. And for some reason, if you can't join us live, uh, just simply scroll down there to the on-demand section. And uh, you can listen to not only tonight's show, uh, but any of the other shows uh, as they are all auto-recorded uh, during the live broadcast. Uh, so you can listen to them when it's convenient for you to, to do so. Uh, another uh, great way that you can tune into the program as well is uh, any of these other social media platforms. You can go to uh, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com. And uh, again, just type in Golf Talk Live and uh, you can listen on to any of those uh, uh, platforms. Uh, you can also uh, get updates on the show if you go to f my personal Facebook page, which is under Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O -O is the correct spelling of my last name. And uh, I update every week uh, for both shows, and I'll tell you about my other show in just a second. Uh, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Ted and Buck CEO. That's Ted and Buck CEO in capital letters is my Twitter handle. Uh, so you're welcome to follow me there. It uh, it gets tweeted out uh, each and every week. 
uh, as to who's going to be on my show and, and uh, some of the different guests. Uh, so you can click in, uh, link in there as well. Or you can go to linkedin.com and connect with me there as well, again, under my personal name. And uh, I post the shows uh, through all of the main social media platforms. So you're welcome to uh, tune in some great ways. Uh, I also mentioned the other show uh, every Tuesday morning. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, LPJ professional Cindy Miller. Uh, her and I host uh, another show here on the blogtalkradio.com network uh, called The Women of Golf. And it's a great show. It's obviously uh, for anybody that wants to listen to the show, but it's really geared to uh, the women's market. We're trying to really foster the growth uh, uh, in the women's market. And uh, we've featured some great uh, um, LPJ uh, teach professionals and players over the years, as well as some up-and-comers through the Symmetra Tour uh, which we're doing again this year with the help of our good friend uh, Zach Sapanek, the uh, 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 media and public relations uh, official. Uh, he's uh, been connecting us with some great uh, young players uh, that are making their way out to the LPGA. Some of them have been out in the LPGA and uh, maybe had a few setbacks here and there and have come back to the Symmetra Tour to, to really uh, uh, work on their game and build it up uh, to get back out in the LPGA Tour. So lots of great uh, guests there. So on Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, uh, you will catch Cindy Miller and I uh, there hosting the Women of Golf show. So two great shows, uh, Thursdays from 6 to 8 Central, uh, here uh, is Golf Talk Live, and Tuesday mornings, 9 to 10 Eastern, uh, the Women of Golf show here on the blogtalkradio.com blog network. All right, my uh, very special guest is, is waiting in the wings, so let me bring him out and join, uh, uh, join the show, uh, Dr. John Morello, so let me bring him on. Good evening, John, good and evening, welcome to Ted. Golf Talk Live. Well, good How are evening, you doing? Ted, and uh, I'm doing well, and I want to thank you uh, right off from Jump Street for having me on your show. It's uh, greatly appreciated. We're doing very well. Not a problem. Well, thank you, uh, and, and I know that uh, uh, you've got somebody with you as well. I believe one of your sons is, is joining us as well. Yes, Ted, how are you? My name is Lawrence Morello. I also want to say thank you for having my dad and I on your, on your show tonight. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you guys uh, were able to, to join us. Uh, I've already uh, given a little bit of an intro, uh, John and, and Lawrence, uh, for, for all of you, actually, uh, for both of you, and, and also mentioned uh, Mike, uh, John Michael as well. Uh, so we're ready to go here. Um, what I want to talk about first off, let's before we get into the actual talking about uh, the great product that you've put together and, and not only some of the, the great accolades that, that have come out from uh, feedback that you've gotten both uh, through those that have, have seen the product and heard about the product, um, but obviously it was down at the PGA Merchandising Show as well, and you've got some great feedback there. We'll talk about that. I, I want you to, John, if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit about how you came up with the idea. What was uh, Obviously your sons were involved, as I mentioned. Talk a little bit about how this sort of came about uh, and, and what was the thought process behind it? Yes, well, I, you might have mentioned my background. I'm, I'm a chiropractor, so I'm a healthcare uh, practitioner. So uh, the impetus mm-hmm. for this for this invention um, and other inventions I have outside of the golf industry is really basically I, I, I see a need. And where most people would say, hey, you know, somebody should do that. I'm kind of the guy, for good or bad, is the guy <laughs> who kind of does it. <laughs> And, um, right. you know, uh, all of my children have played golf right through high school and a couple of them in college. And, and Lawrence, who's on the line with us, is uh, presently trying to pursue a golf career as a touring pro. He's now a, an assistant pro. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, we, and we saw the amount of time it takes 
to get to that high level. You know, you're in the sun practicing constantly, the range, chipping, right. putting. And, and half the year he's down in southwest Florida, down in Bonita Springs over Bonita Bay Country Club. And although he's uh, pretty conscious about putting sunblock on, he's just you know, you know he's not doing it as often as he should or any of us should. And, 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 and I said, you know, why don't they have a shading device on the range? And, and we see it at some of these teaching yep. facilities. They have these big rollouts. And, and, but the typical uh, country club or golf course with a grass range can't have that. And uh, so I said, let, let me embark on this because, A, it'll solve two problems. One, uh, skin cancer and melanoma is, is a, a, a big problem amongst the general population. But uh, professional right. golf is it's, it's an exceedingly high rate. And also, it's just hot. And no one is practicing, especially in the yep. hot Florida sun. It other states in the middle of the day. So that was the impetus to create a product that, that's going to create shade. Uh, we, we call it bring your own shade to the range. That's kind of like our model. So that was the impetus to start <laughs> Swing Shade Golf. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's a great um, it, it's a great product because, you know, as you said, I'm surprised that nobody has come up with this. And you're exactly right. You know, when you go to a lot of uh, courses where you see the professionals will – will roll out a, a, a big, um, uh, almost, I guess, if you want to call it a tent, and, you know, uh, their students will practice under that. But for the average, uh, you know, golfer, club golfer out there that wants to practice, they're out in the, in the sun, and it's hot. I'm in Florida as well. I'm not in South Florida, but I'm, I'm in Florida, and it gets pretty, you know, gosh darn hot here in the summer. And, you know, there's a lot of times, and you can certainly put all the sunscreen you want. It's going to help. Uh, but it's still, when it gets up there to 90, 95 degrees, it can be a little unbearable. And so I want you to first talk about um, now for those that are tuning into the show um, that have logged in on live, uh, they can actually see images. I, I put up an image of what it looks like so they can see it there uh, and follow along. Oh, but give us an idea first off. Yeah. Give us an idea first off um, what the design looks like, um, what the, you know, some of the components are and essentially how it works. Uh, you know, thank Thank goodness I'm very persistent as well as my sons because, uh, you know, it started off with a pole with an umbrella that you could stick into your golf bag. And, 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 and then we quickly realized just how involved this project would be. Um, it needed to have certain characteristics to work. It needed to be lightweight. So Swing Shade Golf completely assembled weighs less than seven pounds. It's aluminum poles. It needs to have the ability to block the sun in all directions and obviously right. get out of the way of your swing. So these were the challenges that we faced and uh, it wasn't easy. And I quickly realized why no one really took this project on. In fact, um, the golf pro at Benita Bay said one of his friends tried to create one of these and it was, it weighed about 300 pounds <laughs> and it was PVC pipes. So when, when they, when they saw laws <laughs> being lightweight, yeah. And, it, and of course you want it to be easily assemble easily. So, you know, when it comes in its own carry bag, it kind of folds out like a tripod. And we also right. um, added a spot for, your, for a drink or a cup. Uh, because, again, on the golf range, where do you put your cup? You put it on the floor. And we also put a spot to hold your cell phone, which not only is convenient because, you know, everybody's on their phone constantly getting emails and texts. You also could see your tea time right. as well as videotape yourself. So we added some additional features. So the challenge was... You know, when you're on the range, how do you block that, that 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock sun, 2 o'clock sun that's out in front of you and you're able to swing the club? So those were the challenges that we met. 
and, and, and we really conquered all of them. But I, but I have to be honest, it's taken like two or three years. But, boy, it's really – the product is really, um, really top-notch at this point. If I don't say so, if I don't mind saying so myself. In fact, Lawrence no, hey. uses it. And I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and that's – yeah, that's fantastic. Listen, you, you're welcome to uh, – and, and you rightly so should uh, should brag about it. It's a fantastic product. We're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a few moments, about some of the great feedback that you had, especially at the PGA Merchandising Show, uh, quite a few – uh, people chimed in on on what they thought about it, and it was all all positive. Um, but let me let me ask uh, Lawrence uh, for just a, a quick second, because obviously uh, you're making your way to to the big stage, if you will. You want to get on the PGA Tour, uh, and right now you're you're, you're playing um, obviously some competitive golf, and have played in, in college and in high school. Um, how important for you, because you, you're out there beating balls a lot in order to be competitive. How important was it for you? Uh, to be able to have a product like this to, to to bring that temperature down and make it a little bit more of a comfortable experience. Oh, it's unbelievable. It honestly changed the way I practice. Just being out in the sun for 10, 12 hours a day, just beating balls, it's like, okay, if you're putting sunblock on when you first start out, but you kind of forget to put it on the second and third time. So you know, if once I get this swing shade up, I can be out there all day just in the shade and not even have a problem at all. It honestly changed the way I practice. I'm not getting tired anymore. And people, when I'm out on the range, they're coming up to me nonstop. What is this? What is this product? Wow, this is genius. And they're honestly, they're, they're <laughs> really, really, really shocked that how good this product is. <clears throat> so, yeah, well, it's, and, and it's, Lawrence, it's the changed other... my the whole way of practice. Yeah, and and, and know, just for for those of you that, sorry, go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, Swing Shade has made Lawrence a, a, a kind of a lonely person because you'll see him out at the range from like twelve to two, twelve to three when when everyone else is is hiding, is looking for shade. He's the only one. Just it's kind of funny. He seems the only one out there on the Swing Shade, and uh, <laughs> so it's it, it's kind it's kind of a it's, a it's kind of nice also because he doesn't get any distraction. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, that's a great thing uh, right there in itself yeah. that he gives him chance. You know, if you want to play on the big stage, Lawrence, you're going to have to be out there hitting a lot of balls because there's a lot of competition out there. So look at this as a blessing. Um, Lawrence, I want to ask you something. Oh, yeah, because obviously, Yeah, I, I want to ask you just to go back for a second uh, about, you know, getting ready to play, you know, uh, competitive golf like that you've really got to work on your game. And, and you mentioned something that, that kind of caught my eye a little bit or caught my ear rather. And, and that is, you know, getting tired, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's people don't realize how physically demanding golf can be. Um, but when you're out there in, in, you know, South or, or especially in anywhere really in Florida, but South Florida, it gets pretty hot in the summertime. And if you're out there and it's 95 or hundred degrees out there, having that product, that swing shade, giving you some relief can make a world of difference and, and actually extend your practice time to what maybe uh, normally you would, correct? Yes, it, it increased it by a couple hours easily. And it's like uh, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm in the gym five times a week working on my game, not with just the golf club, which is with weights. And So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good shape. And, and this swing, and it's still it, me being the sun, eight, eight hours, nine hours a day, It's um, the sun can really, really wear you down after the second third or fourth hour just being outside so having this the shade over me honestly just totally totally changed yeah so like people are I'm like so, also like 
praying for clouds. You're you're, you're praying for some some for some cover. So just having the shade is like the cloud that I've been wanting. You know. Right. So, John, let me ask you um, a great answer, by the way, Lawrence. Thank you, um, John. Let me go back to you no for problem. a second and and just to, to get into some of the specifics. Um, so we know essentially that obviously it's lightweight and and essentially how it sets up. And as I said, for those that are watching uh, uh, or, or tuning in um, online, uh, I've put some images up there of of um, what the the product looks like, so they can see that. And we'll direct them to the website, of course, uh, as we uh, progress through the show, so that they can uh, take a look afterwards. But um, how big of an error generally uh, of shade does it disperse? How big is the actual uh, canopy that's on top? Um, how, how big of an area does it generally disperse, uh, the shade? Well, you know, we, 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 you know, when we were prototyping it, I, I don't have those exact dimensions for you, Ted, but I will tell you we've increased the size of the shade by 50%, um, which, which wow. when, when it's set up, it provides more than enough shade. You know, there's a challenge of the size of the shade and the weight of the shade and the wind. And, and, and all these factors, you know, came came into play. You know, how big can you make the shade where it's not too heavy? It's not going to get, you're not going to be, the wind's not going to affect it and the weight's not going to, you know, affect the pole. So we came up with the, what we believe is a shade that is, it's triangular shape, uh, uh, it's a, a triangular shaped shade. And we feel now that it absolutely is big enough to cover you and from all angles of the sun very comfortably. And again, we used to have a, we started with a mesh shade. Uh, which blocked most right. of the, the UV rays. But at the Golf PGA show, I, I'd say 98% of the pros, they were coming from Arizona and New Mexico and, and you know, down south in Alabama. Right. And they, like, they said, John, we want no sun on us. So we had a choice right. of the uh, solid shade. So we're just going to be offering the solid 100% UV protective shade. Uh, so it's literally going to be like you're under a huge umbrella or under a tent. Um, so, so yeah, the shade the shade has been increased uh, by fifty percent, and it provides adequate shade, more than adequate shade. And again, we reinforce the unit to handle this larger shade as well. Well, and, and something else, uh, just to get a little bit more specific about um, just how cool you you've done some studies, you've done some tests with it. Give us a, a ballpark idea of just how much cooler people are going to feel what's what's sort of the, the numbers there yeah well you know there's something called relative field temperature so it's not the actual temperature it is outside but it, it basically and you'll, you'll see that on the news when they talk about the weather um so the relative field temperature is what it feels like to you what the temperature is and i think lawrence brought up the perfect example about when you're out in the sun whether you're gardening even at the beach with protection and that cloud comes over well, the temperature outside didn't change, but it, it could feel 20 to 30 degrees cooler. And, and that's what Swing Shade Golf does. It, it'll, it will lower the relative temperature by about 30 degrees. And there were studies of basically picnic tables that half the picnic table was in the shade and half the picnic table was protected by, the, by a tree. And the difference of temperature was as much as 30 to 40 to 50 degrees where you couldn't touch the picnic table that's been in the sun. And the other picnic table... You could uh, right. you could sit on it, even much like a slide. You know, when we were young, you know, we're aging ourselves. We had metal slides, right? And how many times did we burn ourselves as kids going down a slide? But if that same slide was in the shade, you knew as a kid yeah. you can go on it. So, so, so yeah, um, right. the, the protection of the shade lowers that relative field temperature by, by uh, up to 30 degrees. 
Uh, and what Lawrence didn't mention, which he might have mentioned, was that he also uses it on a chipping green. And although he won't put yeah. it on the putting green, you could set it up off the putting green, but the shade itself could be over the putting green. So you could sit there and, and right. hit balls again for hours. And so it's not just for the range. You also use it for chipping and putting, um, which you kind of locked into one spot. Yeah, that that's a great. And, and you can obviously rotate it around to different sides or areas of the green. So, if, you know, depending on the practice green that you're working on, if you want to work on different types of, of putt, whether it's uphill, side hill, or, um, you know, different breaking putts, you can certainly move the, the, the product around to be able to, to shade, you know, that area that you want to work on. So, again, uh, as you said, you're not going to necessarily put it on the, the putting surface because you don't want to damage it, but it can certainly throw off a lot of shade in, in various areas. That's a great thing. Um, yes. So, so Lawrence, let me a- let me ask you another uh, thing. Obviously, uh, as your dad had had mentioned, you know everybody's got their cell phones and that today. Uh, I know you're working with with a coach and that to, to help you uh, to get ready to to be able to play competitively more. Um, but do you videotape um, using uh, the um, cell phone as well, just to to be able to show your coach uh, or, or you know who you're working with? Um, what your swing's looking at right now, and obviously that's an advantage that the swing shade has uh, the capability of actually attaching the cell phone to be able to do that. Do you use that feature yourself? Yeah, I videotape my swing probably 99% of the time I practice. So I to my coach. I actually have this app on my phone called V1, and you can put lines on everything on my body right. and I'm using that 24-7 to make sure my swings are in the right plane all that, blah, 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 all that stuff so yeah I'm constantly putting my phone on on the swing shade and videoing myself non-stop that's the way to even if I don't send it to my coach I can kind of see myself and make sure that my swing is where it should be yeah and it's nice too because like you said you're you're out in the range a lot of times when it's hot uh but maybe by yourself and, you know, you, you may not have a buddy there with you to be able to, to help you with the video. So it's kind of a nice feature to have that, you know, when you want to go by yourself to, to work on your game a little bit, uh, you know, in between working with your coach and whatnot, uh, and to be able to get an idea of, of you know, are, am I doing everything okay? Uh, now you can, you, you know, you can uh, use the, um, uh, the cell phone attachment to be able to, to do that. And also, too, you know, uh, another big problem that was always, a, I know for me, when I would go out and work on my game, uh, and still do. It's a bit of a pain having to worry about uh, taking a drink with you. You've got to set it down on the ground. Uh, it also has a, a little uh, compartment as well to, to hold your drink. So that's important, uh, getting those electrolytes built up uh, when you're out there for, you know, seven, eight hours a day, correct? Correct, yeah. We have the water <clears throat> bottle holder right there, right in front of you. So if you ever get thirsty, it's water, and you got your phone clipped right onto the pole. So you can videotape, take a drink, and hit as many bowls as you want. You're not going to get tired. Yeah. Now, John, is there any other uh, features that you're thinking about for down the road that, you know, since you've uh, sort of introduced this uh, out to the market a little bit, has there anything else that any ideas come to your mind that said, hey, you know what, uh, we need to add this or this is something I might consider for down the road? Is there any any sneak previews you can give us? Yes. And, 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 and you know, your insight was tremendous because you, you think like, the, like you mentioned to Lawrence, <laughs> just to elaborate on, on the cup. You know, you say, well, you know, you know, a cup, you know, it seems obvious, but, you know, on the golf range, you know, a lot of times people are putting it on the floor. They're putting it on the bag holder, yep. which is always angled, and it falls off. So you, you, you'd be amazed how many of the, the PGA pros that came to the show said, wow, 
you know, they were they were just amazed as the shade as they were that they had a place for a cup. But 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 going forward, right. I, 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 well, I wanted to speak on one thing was the aha moment of 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 how to hold swing shade down because we struggled with that. How do you hold this unit down with a with an, which basically has a parachute? We call the shade that, that the wind can get under and, and take this thing and, and blow it over and. You, know, you don't want to put spikes into the, to the into the range. You didn't want to have to have to put sandbags. So the really aha moment, my boys kind of thought of this was have the bag. So the bag under under the base of swing shade, there's a hook, and you hook your bag, which now holds swing shade down, and also gives you a great access to your clubs. So that was one of the features oh, wow. that really, really, which really uh, was a like again uh, aha moment to say, wow. You're holding swing shade down with the clubs you have, and there they are, like, right there for you to grab. So even accessibility to your clubs is easier. But as far as new features, um, we wanted to make swing shade more than just a shading device, more than just a video, uh, access to videotape yourself. So we said, you know, what about training devices? So we know everybody uses these alignment Hmm. sticks, and, um, you know, they already have these poles. Yeah, we have these poles. So we said, why not utilize these poles? We've seen coaches, we've seen PGA pros, teaching pros. You know, they'll put they'll put a, they'll hold a, a, an alignment rod in front of someone's back hip so they don't sway on the backswing. They'll put it from their head so the head doesn't go forward, doesn't go up and down. They'll put the stick about at their waist belt level so they try to get them to come the hands to come in lower and not come over the top, so to speak. So what we now have developed is an ability to attach these alignment rods to the pole at all various different heights and different spots. You can basically set this up yourself. And again, it's great right. for the PGA teaching pro. He can, he can set these rods up and videotape and also teach their, teach their students. And it's also good for yourself when you're not with your pro to, ha- you know, actually to follow up with yourself and use the rods the way the PGA pro taught you to use them. So, so that that's our latest feature that we're in development right now, which will be um, pretty soon. Pretty soon, be ready to 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 come out with the swing shade units, which we're very very excited about. Yeah, and and that uh, I mean that's fantastic. I mean, there's so many. Um, I mean, really, the list is endless. There's so many things that you can uh, add on to this, and and you know, do down the road. And I like that it's multifaceted. It's not just something that, you know, the consumers can grab onto, but the teaching pros, which you mentioned as well, and, and also the PGA players, uh, if they want to uh, do some uh, alone practice time, they've got that uh, feature as well. But I really like for the teacher professionals, because uh, as you pointed out earlier, you know, one of the, the big problems, especially in areas like Arizona or Florida here, where, you know, we deal with the heat, uh, you know, pretty much all year round, but particularly in the summer, um, you know, they've got to roll out these big tents and, uh, you know, for some of the courses that obviously have grass, uh, it, it can, you know, over time, they've got to move it around because otherwise it creates uh, dead spots. So I like the fact that it's lightweight. The coach can bring it out there, set it up, get their student underneath, you know, hurting on balls. They can put their drink there. Uh, he can even mount. If he doesn't want to shoot himself, they can mount a, a, a cell phone uh, there to, to shoot video. So there's a lot of great options uh, for the teacher professional as well to make use of this product, correct? That is correct. And you know what? And we, we had the, the teacher professional in mind as well. Uh, again, as we spoke about in, the, in this, those, the heat of the day, 
you'll find most of these golf ranges empty. And, and, and that we've done is we've been, we've enabled the teaching professional to extend the hours of the day he can teach. So it would uh, increase his, you know, his income. And it also, again, make his student much more comfortable. Um, you know, and, and, and what's going to happen is if one teacher has this and, and he's teaching a student, I'm sure the student's going to be to their pro. Why am I, <laughs> why am I in the hot sun? When 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 right. so and so's teaching him in the shade, so um, and yeah, so yeah, it's it, it's a very advantageous product for the teaching professional for for the reasons you mentioned and I just elaborated on. Right, right, and and that's that's key because you know I've uh, in addition to myself, I, I've talked uh, on the show and and off the show with a lot of my fellow teacher professionals, and that is an issue. I mean. Uh, you know, even even up in the Northeast, uh, you get in the heat of the summer with the humidity in that, it can get pretty hot. And, uh, you know, it, it can make it very uncomfortable to be out. And this is also a deterrent for a lot of people to want to be able to go out to the range to hit balls, you know, when it's, uh, you know, 90 degrees plus out and you, and you add the humidity in there. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is go out in the driving range and work on your game. So now by having something that gives them that uh, a little bit cooler effect uh, will, and, and it's lightweight. I like the fact that it's lightweight that, uh, you know, even juniors can carry it. It's not something that they've got to lug uh, to the golf course. It comes in a, in a great uh, travel bag. Uh, so it's very easy and, and mobile. Um, so let's, let's move on to the PGA merchandising show. This was something, you know, we touched on a little bit here earlier on uh, that it was shown down there. What was uh, what was the initial reaction and and as some of the the folks down there really got into uh, you know looking at it and and what it can do and and some of the versatility what was some of the feedback? So you know what you know we we had a uh, a, a very small booth maybe it was the smallest booth probably ten foot wide booth and you know there's Titleist which I don't know had you know fifteen thousand square feet and 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 we were right. we were pretty excited when. Um, and the word got out from uh, people visiting our booth, um, hey, go go see this swing shade product. And, and uh, Charlie Reimer from the Golf Channel um, happened to see it, and he immediately said, this is tremendous. And, and, and unfortunately for Charlie Reimer, I know he's suffered from melanoma himself. So I guess it's really rang right. a bell with him. And when he said, are you kidding me? He goes, go, go to the stage and tell him I sent you because this is my favorite product of the show. And this wasn't this past show. This was last year's show. I just want to be clear on right. that. But, um, sure. So, um, so they, uh, they, they, it was kind of a whirlwind. Uh, I didn't know if we were going on stage, but they said, how, you know, how do you use this? And I showed them, you can literally set it up in 30 seconds. And uh, they put it on the Golf Channel show, and it was reviewed by Charlie and um, one of the other hosts. And they, it, it just had rave reviews. Um, that they, they said they've never saw a product. This is again, what we were talking about, a product that was well, well needed in the industry is a big void. Um, so they, they were all excited about it. And, and even at this year's show, um, they won't feature the same product two years in a row, but they um, right. speak with the golf channel and um, they were very excited about it. And they actually told me, you know, once you finally get out there, which we'll be doing very soon, um, they said that right. we'd like to probably do a feature on you on the Golf Channel. So, so, so for, to, to be in this this huge, huge PGA merchandise show, which is hundreds of thousands of square feet of of merchandise with some of the big boys, to us to be in this little corner 
and to be featured, you know, with other new products as the best new products of the show, it, it was quite, quite a, um, quite a great moment for us, a very proud moment for us. And, and we knew we, we had the right product at that point in time. And now what we're trying to yeah. do this year, you know, you mentioned the sun in the Northeast. As you're well aware, the U.S. opens at Shinnecock this year, and Shinnecock doesn't have trees. Uh, you know, so we're going to try to get – we will have swing shade ready for the open. So we're trying to get in touch with the USGA right now. We're in conversations that maybe put some under range for some of these players. Wow. And I think that'll be a very – yeah, so we, 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 we hasn't been confirmed, but we're in conversations, and, and it's looking pretty good. Uh, I, I won't say it's going to happen. It's like, like 100%, but it, it's going to be great if it does. And, you know, you know, why wouldn't these pros like the Jordan Speeds and so on and so forth want to warm up and practice in, in the shade? You know, it's, it's a no-brainer to me. So we're hoping for that to be a big launch at, the, at Shinnecock right in, our, right in our backyard. Well, that certainly would be fantastic. And, and I can pretty much guarantee you that even if you've got one player out in that range using that product, it wouldn't take long before the others uh, would certainly very quickly chime in and want to be able to find out where he got it from. So uh, even if they don't give you the, the, the go-ahead, even if you can manage to somehow get one of the players uh, to get out there and use it and just have a few extras in your car, I, I don't think it'll take very long before... Uh, you start seeing uh, the whole range filled up with them. I think it's a fantastic product. And, you know, what, what's what's interesting to me, John, uh, about really this whole uh, concept is, you know, typically when you look at, uh, you know, products like this, you would think somebody that's in the golf profession, not necessarily a golf teacher, but a manufacturer or somebody in the golf profession, uh, profession excuse me, uh, would sort of come up with some of this. And what's interesting, some of the most interesting products um, that I've seen in the past at the, at the PGA Merchandising Show are actually invented and created by people like yourself that are in an, an outside different industry, but obviously addressed a specific need, as you touched on earlier. Uh, obviously, we have to be careful with, uh, with our skin and, and uh, you know, with melanoma and stuff like that. And you saw a uh, need and managed to create a product that's uh, that's going to fill that need, and that's uh, that says a lot for you as an individual who's not really affiliated or connected with the golf industry. Well, well, th- thank you. I appreciate that, and um, you know, it's 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 an interesting story. If you, if, if I could, um, talk about it a second, is you know, Hank Haney, uh, he's the perfect example of a a, a a well-known teaching professional who's you know one of the elite who's also had melanoma and he, we, I met yes. him at the golf show two years ago and he's basically has written articles about it. He says, it doesn't matter if I wear a big brim hat and it doesn't matter that I'm constantly putting sunblock on my face. He goes, the angle of that sun coming straight on, it's just, it's just, it's, just, it's still damaging my skin. So, um, yeah, so no, I, I've seen this right. Read. And um, that was really the impetus. So I, I appreciate that. That those are kind words. Thank you, Ted. Well, you're quite welcome. And 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 uh, you know, as I said, you know, uh, quite often, sometimes, and this happens not just in the golf industry, but it happens in other industries as well. More often than not, somebody outside of that industry, just sometimes it's happenstance, sometimes it's intentional, um, but they see a need. Um, and, and create a product that ultimately gets picked up by a, a completely different industry that may not have been uh, designed for. Obviously, you were thinking about the golf professional, um, obviously because of your sons and, and, and daughter and that. 
um, that have played uh, golf, but uh, you know, you saw a, a definite need and, and, uh, and decided to, to do something about it. And I think that speaks volumes about you. Now, let me ask you something from a, a sort of a branding, if you will. Uh, obviously you want to, uh, you know, brand swing shade, you want your name out there. Uh, but I can also see, um, based on the canopy at some point down the road, as, as many other products do, um, opportunities for people that want to uh, maybe create their own um, uh, panel, if you will, with their logo or something like that. Is that something that you're going to consider or, or thinking about as well? Like, for instance, if um, maybe the golf coach at the University of Alabama wants to put uh, Alabama's uh, logo, is that something that, uh, uh, that you would consider doing uh, making that uh, available as well? Yes. Uh, yeah. Ted, your insight is tremendous. Um, I, I should bring you in as a partner <laughs> on, on Swing Shade because you're you're absolutely you know you know hit you know nailing you hit the nail right on the head. One hundred percent. The uh, shade itself is absolutely a marketing right. billboard. Um, again, yep. you mentioned the colleges. Yes, I could see. Um, we, we, we are, we are going to be doing logos and I could see, you know, the colleges absolutely having their colors and their, and their logos on it. And I also see a huge marketing opportunity for a, uh, hopefully a, a golf company, like a Titleist or a TaylorMade or a Callaway, uh, right. but maybe, you know, like a five hour energy as well, because we, we 100% yep. foresee this product on, on being used by the pros. And, um, you know, the golf channel is one of the fastest growing channels, you know, uh, and and the viewership is in the millions. And, you know, they spend hours showing golfers on the range, which we all enjoy. I think that's one of the unique features where they talk about the golf channel and and golf people like ourselves. We really enjoy those segments. So you can only imagine if, you know, you know, which company wants their name on that shade because it's going to be seen by millions. And, you know, is it going to be Under Armour, which, are, you know, with Jordan Spieth or Titleist or Taylor made with, you know, so, so you're a hundred percent right. There's a huge opportunity for, for companies and, you know, country clubs and, and, and college golf yep. teams and uh, even pros, you want, you know, maybe a Sean Foley wants his name on it or, you know, Michael Breed or someone like yourself wants your name on it. Uh, or, right. or your academy, Dave Letter about academy. So yes, 100%. Uh, it's it's something that we thought about, and it's something that we we, we can foresee 100% happening. Um, that that's there's, there's nothing like marketing, you know. So um, what, what no. a great opportunity to market. Well, exactly, and I mean, I can even think, even you know, as you talked about a few moments ago about the U.S. Open. I mean, even having uh, the U.S. Open banner, if you will. Uh, on that 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 shade uh, would be a huge marketing tool for for them to be able to have that on there with the U.S. Open logo, uh, you know, for this year and and uh, same thing as you said, you know, whether it be the Golf Channel, uh, you know, if they're using it in some of their sessions, uh, some of their video sessions and things like that with many of their different professionals, um, you know, having the Golf Channel logos uh, and and or you know if they're doing something with one of the academies. Uh, again, so I mean, there's there's so many opportunities, and and obviously big golf events. Uh, you know, you've got literally um, hundreds of of golf events, and I'm talking the professional events, even um, whether it be the LPGA, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, what a great product to have out on the range uh, in in literally every country in the world that that hosts many of these sites. Um, 
you know, having those, those big sponsors having their logos on your product on the range for that particular event. I mean, it, it could open up a lot of uh, interesting doors. Uh, so um, just keep me in mind when that, all that comes to fruition, John. I hope that you'll remember that I <laughs> threw that out there. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, once we, once we uh, get our first shipment of swoon shades in, there's going to be one on your doorstep as well. So don't worry about that. So, uh, um, well, yeah, you're 100% you're correct. You're 100% correct with the shade. Absolutely. I, pre- I appreciate that. Now, Lawrence, I want to go back to you for just a, a quick second. Uh, no, uh, we're going to talk a little golf here. Um, not about the shade for a second, but just about golf and center. So give me an idea of, of what you're working on right now uh, to prepare and, and where you're at in your game. Oh, I'm currently working with actually a famous teacher, um, Sean Foley. He's actually teaching me <clears throat> down in Orlando. When I was down in Florida, I would drive up to him because I'm, um, I practice at a Bay, Bay, which is in Naples. So I'll drive up a couple hours to him to see him a couple of times. So I'm actually currently working with him, but um, yeah, I'm just, uh, Working with uh, the sequence of my swing and just um, I was kind of in the wrong sequence, so we were just kind of working on just using more body and less and less hands and stuff like that, just to get more consistent on just every part of my game. So yeah, just my swing plane and stuff like that. So nothing, nothing crazy, just little little stuff here and there, just a little tune up. So I'll go see him. Every, yeah, just I would see him every couple weeks just a little tune up and of course you always work on putting and chipping that's that's never that's never ending so (laughs) (laughs) exactly so what would you say is your strongest part of your game and what's your weakest part of your game right as it stands right now right now probably my my driving is probably my best part of my game and um as long as i hit the ball it's i always have these short wedges and these, these short irons and um into these greens. So I'm just trying to really dial in just these little, these wedges and just get close to them. So I've always had legitimate birdie opportunities. So, uh, yeah, my, my swing speed is, is up there with the above average of, of the tour level. So my distance is definitely not my problem. It's just getting these wedges as close as, as these tour pros, because they're, they're making five, six birdies around. You can see on a daily basis, these guys on Thursday, Friday rounds are throwing up 62, 63, 64s. So it, it's tough. You right. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta make birdies out there. That's right. Um, so what would you say is the toughest part of your game? What, what do you struggle the most with right now? Obviously, you know, you're working on your wedges, but is, uh, what about your, your putting? Is your putting pretty sound or you still got some, uh, some tweaking there as well? Oh, I definitely have some tweaking on my putting. It, it, it can never, it is never good enough. So I'm always, I'm always working on that. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's my my thing is, is with my putting. I sometimes I leave a, a lot of stuff short, so I'm I'm really working on not leaving anything short. Because if you leave it short, it's zero percent uh, percent chance it's going in. So yeah, my putting I work on probably the most out of everything because you can never get to be the good putting. You know, it's it's always nonstop with that. Now I'm sure as as a side note, uh, Lawrence, I'm sure there was a time when dad was beating you out in the golf course, is he coming to you for advice now on his game? Yeah. You had to go there, Ted, didn't you? I, I, we had having a great conversation <laughs> the whole night and you had to go there, didn't you? Forget about beating him. I'm trying to stay within a hundred yards of his drive. He's, uh, he's being a little <laughs> modest. You know, his swing speed was uh, tested by Taylor Bade and they have him 
they had him going up um, above Dustin Johnson. So, like you said, his uh, he's wow. in the high 120s, but he said his uh, you know getting the ball close and of course you know you got to you got to be just a great a great 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 putter as you know to get to the level of a touring pro. You can't be just a very good putter. You got to be a great putter. So um, you know he tries all different. He's yeah. got all kinds of different putting training devices. He just got a new one. Listen, we we buy the products too. We just got a new one in the mail yesterday. Um, a putting <laughs> device that was recommended by him. He's a, a member of our club who happens to be one of the top senior amateurs in the country. With whole Lawrence, you have to get this device. It helps his game tremendously. But yeah, guy Lawrence, you can go. You can jump in and brag about how you how long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. And Ted, with like when I'm at these mini tour events, people are out <laughs> enough said, Every, right, Lawrence? Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, he, he, he can still get it around. Don't get me wrong. He, he's, he's still getting it around. Yeah, but at these mini these mini tour events, these people are hitting the ball solid. They can hit the drives 300 plus. Hit hit the iron solid. It's honestly whoever's making the putts and getting up and down. Not everyone not everyone hits the shots perfect. No. Yeah. So and also um, in March March um, May 16th I have uh, the U.S. the U.S. Open qualifier. So I'm just getting tuned up for that. My game's at its best right now, so I can't wait to get to get back into tournament golf right now, up in New York. Well, I hope. Well, I hope when you go to the qualifier that you're going to take a swing shade with you, and be practicing. Uh, you know, use it even if it's cloudy out there. Just put that swing shade out there, and I guarantee it. People are going to come up to you and start talking about it. Um, let me ask of you course. something, uh, Lawrence, real quick. Just yeah, just about playing. Um, obviously, uh, when your dad and I, I'm a few years younger than your dad, not a lot, but a few years younger. Um, obviously, when we were growing up, uh, Nicholas and Palmer and Trevino and all those guys uh, were kind of our heroes, if you will, that we watched. Um, who do you like uh, out there that's on tour right now? Who's somebody that you grew up watching uh, and enjoyed watching, uh, obviously, because you're in a different generation than us? Who, who was your favorite players? I'm, I'm a big, big Ricky Fowler fan. Just the way he goes around and the way he acts and nothing really gets to him. I'm a really, really big Ricky Fowler right. fan. I like Speed too. There's so many. Rory's up there. And I really, really, really like DJ because my game's kind of like his. Bomb the ball everywhere. Right. And just have these little wedges in. And DJ, nothing faces him. If he makes a triple bogey or he makes an eagle, just he's not making a different facial expression. So I really like Dustin too. So those four guys are probably my top right now. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured that would be in your in your wheelhouse. Um, so let's let's get to the important part, uh, John, uh, and that is when's the product uh, going to be officially available? When's the, when's the launch? And uh, where can people go to find out a little bit more about it right now? Well, um, you know, because we've made you know these these changes, which I think um, have just again made the product. You know, we've made some changes just to handle some really high winds and with these swing aids, you know, we, 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 we could have had the product out already, but I'm just a little bit crazy and, and I just want things to be perfect for, for, for better or worse. Um, so um, the final changes are being made to swing shade right now. It's, it's reinforcing it, the bigger shade, the, 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 um, the, the training aids, you know, even having the ability to put a misting fan on it, which I didn't mention if you really want to spoil yourself. Um, a battery-operated wow. misting fan will be able to attach to it as well. So, so we're hoping. Um, so we may is coming up. We're hoping um, to have product by the middle of June. 
Yeah, so the U.S. Open is okay. June 11th. I have three three special products being three to five being shipped up, shipped just just for that event. Uh, but to have the right. actual um, product ready for the for the for the, for the masses, it'll probably be towards the middle of June. I'm hoping, and, and and you'll be able to buy it on our website, which is swingshapegolf.com. And then we're hoping then to, of course, hit start hit, start hitting the retailers and 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 so on and so forth. But with Looking like middle of June, hopefully, if all goes well. Perfect. Um, well, it gives, obviously, you've got some information up on your website right now, and uh, so people can go and start uh, getting an idea and getting a, a good look at the product. And obviously, they can reach out to you if they have any questions and that through your, uh, your website. Um, and uh, please keep me posted as to when things get officially launched, and I'll be more than happy to uh, uh, to give you some free plugs here on online uh, as well, and, and, and direct people to uh, to the site and and uh, and so forth. So make sure you keep me updated as to when when things officially get launched. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And if you if you don't mind uh, jumping back to Lawrence because um, sure. this is kind of a proud moment for me. You know, he passed his last year. He passed his uh, PAT, which you know his play is um, um, what uh, what call test. Um, uh, Yes. Um, so he's actually up here in Middle Bay Country Club in Oceanside working as an assistant. And uh, they just opened up this week and he's got his first official teaching lesson uh, tomorrow, which is uh, which is which Perfect. is which is a great moment. He's very excited about it. And I'm very excited about it. He's actually has a 12 year old, which is a great I said, that's a great way to start. You know, I said, I have a young Lawrence is 24. Yep. He has a 12 year old come with his dad. And the fact that the younger generation, I said, then this is an opportunity for you to help grow the game, which I think is extremely important. And I said, you know, how you, you know, what, how, what the impression you make on this young boy and what he tells his friend. And, it, you know, I said, you don't realize just how important this is because growing the game of golf is really important. And these young kids are all involved in it. So I said, what a not better way to start than with a 12 year old. You're going to, you know, you're going to make an impression on this boy. And this is your first official lesson. So I just wanted to share that moment, you know, as a father, you know, it's a proud well, moment. Well, congratulations. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank sure. you. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Congratulations, Lawrence. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I, I think it's important, you know, not only to pursue uh, the playing side of golf, um, but at some point down the road, once you've, you know, you've done that, uh, it, it's great to be able to give back uh, as well on the teaching side of it as well through some of the lessons that you're going to learn and have learned uh, thus far. And, and congratulations on that. I think it's fantastic. I've been doing it for uh, many years myself, and, and it's very rewarding and very satisfying. So uh, good luck tomorrow. I have no doubt that uh, uh, you'll be able to uh, instill some of the excitement and enthusiasm that you have about this game and, and uh, you know, plant that seed in, in that young, uh, young boy's uh, mind and get him thinking about that. Because really golf is, in my opinion, um, I know it sounds a little biased being in the profession, but it truly is, uh, in my opinion, one of the best games out there because it's, it really, really is a game for life, uh, unlike many other sports out there, which you can certainly play. Uh, but as we get older, John, you and I can attest to this as we get older, uh, it's not always easy to play some of these other sports where golf, I mean, you can be in your 70s, 80s, and even 90s and beyond and still get out there and, uh, and play a few, you know, a few holes. So uh, it, it's definitely a game for a lifetime. And I like the fact that um, we get more and more juniors out there playing, not just the boys, but the girls as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just think it's a, it's a great, uh, great way to, uh, to give back um, 
uh, by teaching the great, uh, this game as well. So congratulations again, Lawrence, and congratulations, John, as well, on, on coming up with a great, yeah, yeah, with a great product. So keep me posted, uh, John, as to as I said, when everything gets officially launched, and and uh, just very quickly remind everybody where they can go to get more information. Yes, well, you know, first before I do that, Ted, I just want to get thank sure. you because you know what you're what you're doing for the game of golf, and you know you have this 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 podcast, and you know, and, and spending your time and and you know providing information and growing the game yourself, and I explained that to Lawrence, you know, we did a little background on what you do, and uh, we want to thank you sure. for what you do, um, and 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 providing the time and the platform and the ability for us to. To do to 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 you know talk about our products, but again, thank you very much because um, you know I told my son you know people like you who he needs to 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 learn and and see what you do and and and, and emulate and and it's not just about giving a lesson and, and making money, it's about giving back to the great right. game and the you know, multi generational game that he played with my father, rest in peace, and myself and my sister and yeah. his brother, so that that's very unique, but um. Swingshade Golf could be found at um, swingshadegolf.com. And, um, again, we have a product hopefully available by mid-June, and uh, we're looking forward to, to the official launch. Perfect. Well, it's it's gotten some great reviews already, uh, both at the uh, PJ Merchandising Show and obviously uh, through a number of folks at the Golf Channel, and I'm certainly giving it two thumbs up. It's, it's going to be a great product, and I can see a lot of uh, great uses for it and a lot of uh, people wanting to get their hot little hands on it. So I will definitely, uh, as John keeps me updated, uh, I will let you, uh, the listeners out there, know when it com- becomes officially available. Um, but you can certainly go to swingshadegolf.com to learn a little bit more about the product and see it uh, a little bit better um, uh, as well in the meantime while you wait for it. So, uh, John and Lawrence, thank you very much for, for joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. It's been very interesting, and I appreciate uh, you coming on and sharing uh, your great product with my audience. Thank you so much, Ted. Ted, it's our pleasure, and thank you very much for your time. Again, we appreciate the platform and, and your time as well. Thank you. Not a problem. And good luck tomorrow, Lawrence, uh, on your lesson. I know you have a great time. Have fun. Thank you so much. All right. Good night, guys. Okay, Ted. Thank you very much, and good night. All right, that was my very special guest, uh, John Morello and his son, Lawrence Morello, uh, Adventures of the uh, Swing Shade uh, Golf um, product. It's it's just a phenomenal uh, shading device, and it's um, it's portable, which is great. Uh, I can see a lot of my fellow professionals, myself included, uh, using this product. Uh, it's something that, uh, as, as John pointed out earlier in the broadcast, it's something that really uh, is very surprising, hasn't been uh, put out there a lot sooner. And uh, as I pointed out, it's something that, uh, somebody that's really not in the golf industry uh, found a need and, and created and filled that void. And I can see it uh, uh, doing very, very well. And there's so many different applications for it and so many great uh, training aids that can be uh, attached and, and used with it and some other great uh, things as well as, as John pointed out. Um, I want to again, thank my very special guest on the coach's corner panel, Pete Buchanan this, uh, earlier this evening for uh, uh, helping me, uh, smooth out the first hour if you will and and again um, uh, we certainly missed you Clint if you're listening to the broadcast my good friend Clint Wright uh, uh, a 30-year member of the PGA uh, was uh, supposed to join us tonight but unfortunately something had come up that uh, had to take away 
uh, from his uh, his appearance uh, this evening on the show. So uh, he sends his regrets and his apologies, and he uh, looks forward to coming back uh, again on a future uh, broadcast. But thank you, Pete, for stepping up and, and helping me, uh, uh, as I said, smooth out that. And uh, again, thank you to uh, to John and his son Lawrence uh, from Swingshade Golf for uh, for coming on and sharing a, a great new product with the show. Um, again, just to remind everybody, don't forget to tune in next. Uh, Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where my good friend, LPGA professional Cindy Miller, will be coming back. Uh, she's had a, a couple of weeks off. She's been working very diligently on some things. We'll talk a little bit about that with her uh, when she comes back next week. And then we're going to have uh, uh, on the show, we're going to uh, have Mike Nichols, uh, Chief uh, Business Officer from the Symmetra Tour. Uh, who was supposed to join us last week, and unfortunately he uh, got caught mid-flight on his way to San Francisco to uh, uh, a new event and uh, had to reschedule. So he's going to be coming on, and then we're going to have a great Symmetra Tour player uh, who's going to be joining us on the second half. So you want to make sure you tune into that. So go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday rather, uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sydney and I will uh, engage in some great conversation with those two guests. And then, again, don't forget to join me next Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here, again, on blogtalkradio.com network. Um, and uh, we'll have another great show, Coach's Corner panel to start things off. And another great uh, guest will be joining me on the second half. So make sure you tune in. Uh, I enjoy uh, doing this show, and, and it's uh, very easy to do. It's uh, a lot of pleasure and a lot of enjoyment doing this, and, and uh, I know that you guys are enjoying it as well. So on that note, uh, I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.